What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that right. They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one earth. Welcome to the Rise and Above podcast. Today I have Regan Parmentier with me. He is a local woodworker. He owns his own business. Um, I discovered him at a farmer's market here locally in Lansing or Okemos. And um, I found his work to be really cool and his his story kind of interesting as well. So I invited him on. Uh, So with that being said, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. How you doing? I'm not. I'm not doing bad. Had to work today, so. Yep. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get to kind of make your own hours and everything, right? Yeah, in a way. Um, the work kind of makes them for me. Uh, so just really week to week depends on what I have to get done. I'm trying to be better of doing nine to five. That's one of the things. Working from home, it's really easy to get distracted and <laughs> stray away. Um, so it's. Yeah, I get to make my own hours, but my wife kind of helps with that, too. We try and spend the evenings together, and so I try and keep keep pretty regular and not just go out whenever I want, you know, and <laughs> right. keep it like a job and be my own boss, so. So what does a normal, typical work day look like to you? Well, I don't work like for you. I usually start with doing whatever I have to do on the computer in the morning, um, especially now that it's getting a little colder. Uh, it's it's nice to let the sun come out a little bit before I head outside. Um, but yeah, the morning starts with going online, seeing if I've got any orders or anything like that, um, making a social media post, whatever that may be, uh, responding to emails, you know, all the all the office stuff, um, ordering supplies, doing all that, the behind the scenes things, and then head out to the shed and kind of get started. Um, depends week to week, you know. I usually kind of do one batch of something a week. Um, so this week it's been big end grain chopping blocks. So in my workspace, I work in a really small space, so I kind of have to plan out ahead of time my workflow and really concentrate on that. I can't have too many different things going on at a time because I have to pull this tool out and put this tool away to use the next one, you know. So I don't have – I can't just jump from project to project, so I kind of have to start and – and finish something before I can move on to the next thing, um, which in a way is nice. But sometimes I wish I had a little bit more, a little more space to, to jump here to there. You know, fill downtime because there are things times that, you know, it's just a waiting game. I gotta wait, literally wait for glue to dry. 
Um, so at that point, you know, it, that's that's when the distractions usually come in. But we try and get away from that, go inside, and then <laughs> it's the lunchtime social media posts and stuff like that. And okay. My wife comes home for lunch. We have lunch together, and then the afternoon, back out to the shed and continue on with whatever, with whatever this week's project is. And, uh, and going in the evening, check the social media. You know, it, it's it's pretty much all day there's something going on and responding <laughs> to emails, reaching out to potential clients, working on furniture designs, trying to expand and see what's next. So I make my own hours, but it's really pretty much a 24-hour job. Nonstop. You know? yeah, the life of an entrepreneur. Yep, and then researching and trying to figure out what's next and how to expand, right. what skills that I can grow. I'm self-taught, so wow. the internet is pretty good teacher for me in the internet and it, books it is um, i was going to ask you how you got into woodworking because um at some point you had to make the shift from working a, a, a typical job to doing this on your own right yeah it was kind of um one of those blessings in disguise that came from covid um i had a job working in the food industry i worked for a chocolate distributor essentially and we had schools and hotels were our main clientele and mm. when everything shut down Pretty much our business was shut down at that point. We just didn't have any any business going on. So I got laid off and was on the unemployment thing, sitting around playing video games for a while. And, you know, <laughs> that's only fun for uh, a week or so. <laughs> and then I decided, you know, to pick up a hobby of sorts. My wife wanted a new cutting board. Um, so I went ahead and got started and made her a cutting board. And that turned into... You know, a couple friends seeing them, liking them, and made a couple more. I met a guy. Uh, it was actually kind of crazy. My UPS driver at the job I used to work at, he does some sawmilling and stuff, so he's into wood as well. Um, and when I started getting into it, he was like, hey, you know, there's this guy on my route. You should meet him. And his name's Matt Gillengurton. He's a local carpenter, and he has a cabinet business. Oh, wow. Um, and so he said, you know, here's his number. He said he can drop by whenever, so... Went to meet him one day and said, hey, like, I'm trying to get into this. And he's a great guy. He brought me in and showed me some stuff and gave me some scrap wood to kind of play around with. And that wood that he gave me, you know, that first batch of wood went home and turned that into some boards, bought some more tools, and wow. it's just kind of snowballed from there. That is so crazy that you learned that skill while you were out on, uh, on COVID leave or layoff or whatever. Yep. And then you quickly turned it into a business yeah it uh i found again through that same guy someone had asked him if he wanted to participate in this uh the farmer's market that we met at over okay. in uh Okemos, the meridian township farmer's market and he just didn't have the the time to fit it into the schedule essentially said hey you know maybe you should check this out and so i reached out to the manager and got into the market there and it's a fantastic market i mean it's been it's been great and it's that's been, you know, that was the catalyst, really, um, as far as getting the business off the ground. And the summer was fantastic. Um, it was, I was making boards, you know, as fast as I could sell them. Wow. Like, it was. So did you ever get to the point where, um, well, for one, did they ever call you back to work? No, it actually, the whole time I kind of like had it in the back of my head that, you know, I had that security blanket that I had that to fall back on. It was, you know, the the back-to-work date kept getting pushed back. And it was, you know, oh, I can bring you back now. And then, you know, now comes. And, well, 
not quite yet. You know, it's going to be another three or four weeks. And, right. and then it turns into six months later. And wow. you just eventually it was, I'm not going to be able to afford to bring you back. You know, so that job was no more. I didn't have that to go back to. It just Imagine kinda, if you didn't have something to fall back on. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, it was, it was a blessing. Like I said, a blessing in disguise where it was something I never thought, you know, was going to be a business. And it's kind of forced me to go a little bit more headstrong at it on the business side of things. I'm great at the making side of things. Yeah. I can do that all day. Um, <laughs> the business side of things, that's where I'm really trying to do some growth and do some learning. So. Yeah. I mean, that, there's a lot to learn, right? Like yeah. As far as like, um, like finances and just yeah. the formation of the business itself. And yeah, public high school doesn't teach you <laughs> no. that stuff. You know? They should though. Yeah, absolutely. They should um, because I, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, as you probably already know, and all of them, n- like none of them went to college for it. They just kind of started on their own. And it just seems to be like one of those things that you just kind of got to learn yourself. But mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an easy path. No, it's not. And fortunately, I do have my parents have owned a business for 30 years. Oh, okay, cool. Um, what, what business? They have a bakery. Um, oh. So it's called Patisserie Parmentier in Novi. Oh, um, nice. So they do all desserts, custom wedding cakes. and Wow. All, all that kind of stuff. So cookies, are you from brownies. Novi? Yeah, from Commerce. Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. Were you, you were born and raised there? Yeah. We actually, I moved out here for that previous job I was talking about. Wow. Uh, the job, the company was in Novi, got bought by a new owner who lived out here, and he moved the company out here, and the company was doing great, and it was, you know, I had a lot of opportunity there, and followed him out here, and, you know, it was just, it didn't work out that way, but... Everything happens for a reason, and yeah. that job that I had, I met that UPS guy who introduced <laughs> me to that guy who introduced right. me to that guy, you know, so it's just, it's funny to look back and see how all the pieces fall into place. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at your Instagram, because I think it's really cool that you post videos on, like, your process and everything, and mm-hmm. I was wondering how you get the, the different colors of wood in, like, a cutting board, and I'm like, how does he do that? And uh, I didn't realize that they're all little individual pieces that you glue together and then you clamp them. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's the the basic, the basic gist of it. You know, it's yeah. taking a lot of a lot of pieces, cutting them into smaller pieces, and putting them back together to make a bigger piece again. Seems real um, tedious. It is, and it's just attention to detail and not skipping little things. And you know, it's those little things that. You know, I've you learn. Oh, I think I can cut this step out, and then the quality drops, <laughs> and you go, "Oh, I can't cut that step out." You know, it's, right? Yeah, sure, it saves me, you know, thirty minutes here, but the quality just overall decreases and causes more problems further down the process, and right, then that's no fun. So, so do you just make cutting boards? Or are you making? I see you have a box there too. Do you make anything else? Yeah. So cutting boards is kind of. I mean, it's just how it all began. Right. And it is. They are a pretty um cost effective product okay um, they're they're a reasonable amount of labor but my overhead isn't tremendously high right now um so the profit margin on them's pretty pretty high um and it's been a way for me to kind of step my foot into the door and get into the world and again learning those same repetitive techniques over and over then translates into other things where right. started to make the small boxes and things like that. Also started making some pens and things. These are oh cool, just simple, cool little stuff. Um, you made those pens? Yep. How'd you make that? So you buy the hardware kit, and then the wood parts are oh. turned on a lathe. Okay. 
Oh, oh that is sweet. Yeah, yeah so like those are kind of cool. Uh, it's just another another thing to add. Um, I've done some kind of more artistic pieces, little sculpture type things. Uh, but the goal is furniture, and I've done a few furniture projects. Made I've made a desk. I've seen that uh, on your Instagram. Yep. I just recently um, had my first big client build, which was a countertop oh, wow. um, that I built and installed. And it's it's really cool, actually. I'm gonna be. I need to get back out there. I'm doing another job for the clients and take some better lighting and get better photos of it because cool. I just didn't have good pictures of what, it. What kind of wood is it? Is it like a live edge? Yeah, it's a combination. So it's half live edge and then half of it is um, kind of geometric like my cutting boards on okay. a very large scale. Okay. Um, so it turned out pretty cool. It was cherry wood was the, the main piece of it. Where do you get your wood at? A few different places. Um, if I need a lot of stuff in a specific time, uh, I go to Johnson's in Charlotte. Oh, okay. Um, it's a hardwood dealer here. They're great. They have pretty much everything you could ask for, every size. Uh, and they have milling services there. Uh, so that's one of those things I learned down the line. It's They have uh, they have plane, like planers and stuff you can yeah, use? Yeah, so generally speaking, it's more cost-efficient to buy your lumber rough sawn. So it comes and right. it's just off the bandsaw mill. And okay. it's not... It's not square. It's not pretty. It's all twisted, and <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not the best. Um, but it's the best way to buy material because then you can shape it down to what you really, really need. You know, as opposed right. to going and buying a two by four, you don't really have yeah the same options. Um, but Johnson's they'll do things and they'll they'll do some of the mill work for you, so planing it to size and stuff like that. Okay. And when I'm doing certain things like buying bulk for cutting boards, it saves me days worth of labor to have them do it in their big factory setting, you know, right. for very minimal cost. Right. Um, so that's one of those things I learned, you know, it's finding that balance between the purest nature of, you know, doing everything, all of the steps myself from right. rough to finished product. And then it's like, okay, I can do it. I know I can do it. It really doesn't make that much difference to have them do it. Right. They can go ahead and do it. Yeah, know? I think that's like an important thing for a lot of business owners because um, at, at some point you have to realize, okay, this is this is hindering me to to have to just do this myself. When it, whereas I could pay somebody, you know, for a very minimum cost, and they can just you know get that aspect out of yeah. the way for you, and you can just use that energy and time to into something else. Yeah, what I would put a dedicate a full work day to, um, you know, and if I'm doing a batch of boards, my Monday would be milling my lumber. That's the first step in the process, and it would be eight to ten hours on Monday. You know, I'm wow. just milling all day long, and I can now, you know, I decided, well, I'll increase the cost of my raw material by a very small percentage and have them do it in about an hour. Right. And it, that saves me, you know, what I'm going to, it costs me about what I would pay myself for an hour's worth of labor. Wow. So it works out in the end, you know, I'm, it's seven hours labor that I win at that point. Right. So, so you said you're on social media. Um, do you have a, like a website or anything that we're, how, how, how can people like order stuff from you? Yeah, actually I just, just yesterday, um, oh, finally got the website fully fully operational got the store stocked and oh, wow went and Sweet. cataloged all of my product and got it all all updated and the website's finally done oh, cool. it was one of those things that again doing everything <laughs> yourself it's working on it an hour here an hour yep. there and did you make you know, the website yourself i did yeah what'd you use uh i just 
did it through Square actually. So oh, okay. it's Square powered space. by Weebly. Um, it's through Square, like the Square Up for oh, like okay. the credit card processor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they have a partnership with Weebly. So it's oh. all all of my interfaces are all tied together. Oh, cool. So that's that works awesome. pretty nice. Yep. Yeah, I need so. a I need to figure out a website too for the podcast, and that's actually a good idea. I didn't. Yeah. Yep. And so it's just rporiginalworks.com. And, and it's easy to upload like things to sell like for a shop or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Especially, I mean, if, if you use Square already for anything or right. you've used it in the past, I mean, it's all, it's all pretty seamless. And they're upgrading and updating their software too and adding in more functionality and features. Okay. And it's, they're doing some pretty cool stuff. So have you always <clears throat> been into woodworking or was it just something you just picked up and started doing just figured out I, I just want to try this yeah i wouldn't say that i've always been into woodworking i've definitely always been into building things okay putting things together taking stuff apart okay what kind of things um i mean i don't like to i'm a I'm, i guess i'm cheap in a way um <laughs> so i don't like to replace things or buy the expensive version of things so tools and stuff you know any old equipment when it would break down, I used to do landscaping too. So hmm. simple stuff, tinkering, figuring out how something works. And then it's like, okay, as soon as you figure out how something works mechanically, then you can address problems. And I right. think it's kind of that same mentality with everything is like looking at how stuff is put together and you like, I kind of in a way take it apart in my head and then, you know, put it back together. So um, it's just every little thing, you know, it's like I need – I need this for this, and I just make it myself instead wow. of going out and buying it. It's wow. not, I don't know, that's something I guess my dad taught me to be resourceful. That's cool. Uh, that, that's good that you're able to do that because a lot of people can't. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm a little resourceful, but not that resourceful. Like, if I need a tool, I'm like, I guess I'll go buy it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, again, starting out, like, tools are expensive. They are. <laughs> they're not cheap. Yep, so sometimes, you know, it's a matter of looking and finding that used tool that you spend a couple hours and yeah. you know 20 bucks in parts right and that tool that someone was you know pretty much brand new and had one little thing wrong with and they're like well i'll just get rid of it on marketplace or right whatever yeah well you know okay i got a table saw for 30 bucks put 50 bucks into it and there you go wow. and that got me through until it ended up taking a crap and then i could afford to buy a, a better, better one right so um now as far as equipment and stuff did you did you have all the equipment that you needed to start this, to start the cutting boards? Or did you research that and then just buy it? Yeah, researching and buying. I mean, the first thing I bought was a table saw. And actually, I originally bought it for, I built this screen divider for in my house. We had a shelf. We have a small house, and I had a shelf that I wanted to hide because it was in the <laughs> living room or in the kitchen. Okay. And so it was just ugly, full of a bunch of stuff. So I built a little room divider. Oh, cool. But to do that, I needed a table saw. <laughs> <laughs> So I found that on Marketplace and went and picked that up, and that was the first thing I bought. And wow. That was the first, like, that made, that was like, oh, wow, that's a lot of a lot of doors get open when you have I could imagine. one of those things. So I, I could use a table saw. I use um, I use a skill saw all the time and a, a, a chop saw, um, mm -hmm. miter, miter saw. saw. Yep. Couldn't think of the name. <laughs> um, yeah, I use those all the time, but I could definitely use a table saw. Yeah, I can imagine how handy that would be. Yep, I had all the basic tools. You know, I had a circular saw and a yeah. lighter saw and drills and drivers and everything just from growing up. Right, and that was, right. You know, you accumulate those things for little stuff. And um, Then the, the biggest, like the first, the 
the commitment to making more of these was um, buying the planer. My, my first little planer, it was a piece of crap. I hated the thing. <laughs> um, but it, it got me through for a while. Um, that how, was how big is your, your planer? Uh, 13 inch. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's decent size, but it's not. I mean, it's your basic lunchbox planer. It's right. nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot with those. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah. I, I've run thousands of board feet through it. And, well, the first one, it, it probably ran about a thousand board feet, and then it took <laughs> a crap on me. So I upgraded a little bit. You know, that's something that down the road I I will get a much larger industrial version of. But. Oh, you, you'll, yeah, you'll need to. Yeah. I um just re- this last summer we were laid off because of uh, part shortages. I work at GM. Okay. And uh, so one of the things I was doing was upstairs I have a, a mantle above the fireplace and I epoxied it and everything. Have you ever done that? Uh, just little stuff, nothing. Okay. Nothing big, yeah. So I it was the first thing I ever epoxied, uh, epoxy resin. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to plane it like so so many different times. One of my coworkers had a planer, and uh, it was just one of those lunchbox one, lunchbox ones like you were saying. And I, I was pretty impressed by it. The thing's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, and that was as soon as I had that, it was it was game on. I, I could imagine. Yeah. Uh, what what size space are you working in? Uh, currently, I work in my shed in my backyard, so it's about nine by twelve. Wow. That yeah, is... so it's about the size of the space we're in right now. That's insane. Yeah, this might be a little bit bigger. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Yep. So it's it's a lot, and I'm actually in the process of possibly getting something larger scale. Are you? So are you looking at like a, an official space, like a like a shop? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, at this point, you know, especially coming into the winter, I I went through the winter <laughs> last year, but I wasn't. You know, I was making a handful of boards a week. Um, now I'm at a point where on a busy week I'm making 25 to 50 boards. Wow. Um, and in that small of a space, it's very difficult to do. Yeah, and I can imagine. Getting other larger projects, I just got a deposit for a dining room table. Wow. Um, so that's that's the next big project I got going, but it's kind of it's going to push the limits of my space. So um, hoping to hoping to make something happen. I don't want to say too much <laughs> right no i, it's I in get the it works but i get it you definitely need something bigger um what uh so do you take uh like special orders of things yep yeah so i do all sorts of custom work and that's what that's one of the great things in the, the farmer's market is i've met a bunch of other or clients that have grown into clients you know not just customers from right. the market it's people that bought a board and came back i've got people that come back every time they need a gift for something or whatever it's they come and you know we do that. I've done some some custom size things um, specific. You know I want something big for my husband for his birthday or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I've done some big big butcher blocks and stuff like that. Cool. And then the countertop um, that was client. They uh, they were just visiting the market and they saw my cutting boards. They had been looking for someone to do a cutting or a countertop. They thought that my style would you know fit what they needed. So. Wow. They asked, "Can you do this?" I said, "Sure, why not?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I had a friend. I, you know, when I was starting, I said, "What do you like? How do you how do you know what jobs to take? How do you know what to do?" And he told me, "Take any job you get." <laughs> At this point, he goes, "Take the job. If you don't know how to do it, take the deposit and figure it out." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, I didn't really understand at the time, and then I I did that, and wow. it just it forces you to really just commit to something and and. 
I'm kind of guilty of analysis paralysis, I like to call mm-hmm. it, where yeah. I research every angle of something before I attack it. Yeah. Um, and that can be beneficial, but a detriment at times. Cause yeah, because it might turn you off to, you know, might you might say no to something. Yeah. And you should just say yes. Yeah, and I, it leads to procrastination, which, you know, <laughs> who doesn't procrastinate a little here right. and there? Um, but I just have to be more confident in my own abilities and just, you know, dive into things and a deadline and having someone else's money really forces you to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I would say so. But you're you're definitely good at your craft. I mean, everything that I've seen of yours is pretty cool. Um, so you should be more confident Thank you. <laughs> in yeah. your abilities. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to break out of this little shell of mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably working, right? Yeah. Yeah. Forcing you to. Yep, and it's coming along, and yeah, it is. It is forcing me to, and um, my wife's very supportive, so that helps. How does How does she like you st- uh, being working from home and everything? How How was she about all of this? Was she scared? At first? I don't know if I'd say at first so much as, you know, still currently. I think we're both <laughs> still scared. Uh, it's it's a lot. And, again, it was for a very long time doing this, I had in the back of my head I had a job to go back to. Yeah. So it was fine, and business was really good. And now we're coming into kind of a weird time, and I'm learning the markets and how it works, but it's kind of a lull before the holiday season. Yeah. So it's been tight for a little bit, you know, but that's yeah. that's all growing pains. And right. she's, I think she uh, she stresses more than she lets on. Um, <laughs> she's that's she's good. kind of a brick for me. Yeah, <laughs> she uh, she's a big support. And she just started going back to school herself. And wow. she's taking some marketing classes and stuff. She's wanting to cool. eventually be able to uh, stay home and work with me. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, that's the goal. In the, and then you don't have future. to worry about that side of the business. <laughs> yep, yep. So yeah, that, that would be nice. That would be nice. What are your goals for the business um, for the future? I mean, obviously, you're just building it day by day, slowly but surely. Uh, you're just slowly upgrading. But what is your ultimate goal? The ultimate goal would you know, be to do a couple big projects a year and leave it at that. You know, I want to have the 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 real goal is to have some employees to take over the cutting board side of things. Um, it's something that it is, it's a teachable thing. Um, so it's something that could be turned over. I would like the cutting boards and stuff to kind of be the bread and butter. Okay. Pay the bills. Yeah. Um, and then do some bigger projects. That's what I enjoy doing more. Um, that's the more artistic side of things, the design right. aspect, the, the trying different techniques and getting into more traditional techniques and um, fine furniture making, hand cut joinery and all sorts of good stuff using the old school techniques and making nice stuff. Um, So that's the end goal. Um, I would like to incorporate some sort of teaching aspect to it. Um, I've always thought that kids need more access to the trades and art. Um, So I'd like to be able to do something and have classes come or schools bring classes in Right. Have it be some sort of compu- community center and do simple projects, you know, and yeah. learning, learning basic things and basic skills. That's definitely uh, uh, a, a thing that's needed because uh, a lot of people don't know how to, they don't know how to use saws, like a, a miter saw or, you know, skill saw or table saw, anything. I mean, it's a thing that is lacked, uh, like, is not a, a, a skill that's really, I guess, needed in our society today because you can just hire anybody to do whatever. And that's like the scariest thing is because it's going to get to a point where you can hire somebody to do anything. Yeah. So people have to, you know, really remember that 
everything is based in physical like action and doing things and yeah. and, and learning skills and abilities and right. there's going to be a time when you can't just look on your phone and search to find someone and they're going to you know come and solve your problem for right. 150 bucks tomorrow yeah, exactly um it, even whole... if you have 150 bucks i mean that gets expensive after a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep so i don't know i think that's something that needs to needs to be more instilled in people to do stuff do yeah. stuff for themselves and those little things you know when especially well, like when we have tools like the internet i mean obviously you said you learned from the internet and how to do a lot of these things and you still obviously research things when you don't know on the internet mm-hmm. I, um that's one thing like that came in handy for me was youtube uh when i bought this house i didn't know how to do anything like i mean that was something i, I was never really taught how to do like fix things or mm-hmm. whatever so youtube was a real handy tool and um through youtube i was able to learn how to do everything like i did all that stone um i built that fireplace that wall stone obviously you said the front of the house looked nice Mm -hmm. like i did all that and my wife i gotta give her credit too (laughs) (laughs) um you know everything that was done in this house was learned off of youtube and uh so i i definitely agree with you that kids these days need to learn how to do a little bit more hands-on things yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have much competition locally? Yes. <laughs> really? Uh, not a ton. Um, there's a couple of guys. Um, there's a guy that's in Williamston a lot, and he comes okay. comes over to my side of town here and there. Um, do you talk to these people? Yeah, and they're all great people, you know. And it's I I never claim to be someone doing. I'm not the only one doing this, you know. Right. There's there's a million people doing what I do. Um, and that's why I'm trying to take the next step and move into that more, that higher level, um, and get into the fine, fine woodworking. Right. Um, but I mean, there's, there's a few people, but eh. <laughs> there, there might be someone that upset me once in this situation, but it's okay. Are it's they, happy. are they critical of your work? No, everyone's super friendly. Um, and that, that's, you know, that's something I think. I'm more critical of my work than anyone. Yeah, you're your uh, worst critic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know, I'm critical of other people's work. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. There's definitely there's definitely other people out there, but relatively friendly. And you know, it's certain things like, oh, I like that. You know, and right. you get little ideas from people, and take that little inspiration and take it to your own. And I'm not saying copy what other people do, but right. sometimes there's little techniques that you go, oh, I want to think of that in that application. And right. Then, that transfers into something else. Um, now, as far as them like having other competition, does that? I'm assuming that probably doesn't take business away at all because there's there's probably a huge market for whatever you guys are doing. There's not enough people doing it. Yeah, and that's not like you know in person sales. There's never two of us at the same market at the same time, really doing the same stuff. And even okay. if th- there's there's a new woodworker that's come to my market recently and my, I say my market, the, <laughs> the market that I do over Meridian. Um, is that the only one you do it, right now? Yeah. Because okay. it was, it was all I could keep up with, um, as far as production. Um, so it's, it's a very good market. I will say yeah. there's a couple thousand people every, every Saturday Wow, that come through. So there's 60 vendors and I mean, it's a big, big space. So. I've never been on a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday is very different than a Wednesday. You know, okay. we met on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Saturdays are very different. Um, it's it's packed. Oh, my um, gosh. So yeah, it's a whole different experience. Um, and that one, that's really, I mean, that's supported the business primarily and wow. opened the doors to, to other business. So. Right. Yep. 
Um, are there places locally that you know of that, um, like, cause for instance, I, I do, I, I like, I want to get more into woodworking. Um, and I would like to like make a table, um, like an epoxy resin table, but are there places locally that you could take it to like get it planed and what, yeah, do you know? Johnson's like I mentioned in, uh, Charlotte. So you can take your own stuff there. Yes. So it costs a little bit more if you're bringing your own product, but that's what, um, I brought some stuff to them once it was, you know, it's too big for my equipment. Right. Then they can do it there. Uh, it's a little bit of an upcharge, but it's all very reasonable. And they do nice work, and they're all, the guys there are very friendly. Um, they educated me on some stuff, you know, because their, their machines work very differently than me. So, <laughs> right. you know, their processes and things. And um, they've got wide belt sanders, planers, you know, you can do whatever. You can have your whole tabletop finished and... Cool. take it to them and they'll run it through a wide belt sander for you get it nice and nice and ready for finish wow yep. that's cool i have to check that out yeah i'm, I'm wanting to make a um like, like a side coffee table upstairs mm-hmm. um and i want to like do epoxy resin and whatnot to match the mantle i just made but again that's not something i've really researched i gotta look up online mm-hmm. how to how to do that and whatnot but i was just wondering if there was places like that locally Yep. that's pretty cool yeah yeah johnson's a great place yeah i'll have to check them out um and is that the only place you get your wood um i get them get wood from them and then some just smaller guys you know local guys in the area that do their own milling oh, okay. um, chainsaw milling and there's a guy in gregory that's got a, a band mill a bandsaw mill okay um, timbers to treasures is that company and he uh he's got some nice stuff so kind of depends on the project um what I need. I also, there's a guy over in Grand Ledge who he's got a friend who works for a, a sawmill company and he's got a deal worked out with them and he gets their offcuts and certain things oh, wow. real cheap and he's got a solar kiln at home. So he wow. kilns stuff and then sells it out of his garage. Um, wow. So he, and he's got, I've gotten some really nice wood from him. The first time I went, I said, you know, this isn't right. I'm pulling up to this <laughs> big, you know, cookie cutter neighborhood and I'm like, <laughs> There's no room for a lumber yard in here, you oh know, and it's, it's in his just, garage. Just a guy selling wood out of his garage. Wow. So yeah, I bought a uh, live edge wood from our. For, we did a, a live edge uh, countertop and a shelf in our in our bathroom upstairs, and uh, same thing. I went to this person's house way out in the country in Ionia, and they had like, this huge garage full of all this live edge wood. It was mm-hmm. just crazy. How much they had in there. I'm like, this is somebody's house. <laughs> yeah, I can, you know, it's in in 40 years, I'm going to be one of those guys that just has, you know, a whole <laughs> barn worth of wood. And it's like, oh, yeah, that came from this tree 20 years ago on right. that property. And, you know, it's I can see it starting already where it's hard to hard to get rid of certain stuff. And, I could imagine because yeah. you probably want to use it later on. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite kind of wood to work with? Cherry. Cherry is my favorite. Yep. Does it look the best? Or what What is it? It's really forgiving to work with, for one. I mean, it's it's a buttery wood. Uh, okay. It's, it's very nice to work with. And then aesthetically, I'm just a big fan of it. Um, it's got a warmth to it that a lot of other woods don't have. Um, walnut's great. Walnut's a little bit too too intense sometimes where it's, I mean, it's dark. Right. Um, so it can be kind of a, a masculine or very strong presence where cherry's a little bit softer, a little right. bit warmer. You know, it's just, okay. just, to me, very aesthetically pleasing. Um that's the whole the dining room table I'm working on the top and top I'm doing the dining room table and a bench and the tops for both are cherry oh, and cool. the bases are walnut 
Um, so they're going to be pretty cool. That's cool. So a cutting board like that, how would you, how do you, how do you get it to be like that? It's just the strips, right? Yeah. So this one, um, these ones were kind of my scrap wood project where I had a bunch of miscellaneous odds and ends sizes of things. And so it started with glue up of basically making one of my other style cutting boards really thin, um, cutting it into strips and you flip it onto end and then glue them all back together. Oh, wow. And then I have this flattening sled that I use with my router to get them flat after that. Okay. And then, then a lot of sanding. What do you sand it with? Like what, what grit? Uh, the end grain boards, I go from 80 up to 220. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so, so I go 80, 100, smooth. 120, 150, 180, 200. And then do you put it, You put any kind of finish or anything on it? Yep. Every, all my cutting boards are finished with a mineral oil and beeswax combo. So I, they get a couple coats of mineral oil to soak in first. And then on top of that, they get buffed in with the okay. mineral oil and beeswax balm that I make. You make it? Yeah. It's it's You can buy them mass marketed, but it's okay. all, they're all the same thing. It's just mineral oil and beeswax. So it's food okay. grade mineral oil and all natural beeswax. And I kind of tinkered around and found the right ratio that I like. Uh, it's a little bit, I think a little bit waxier than a lot of people use. Uh, okay. It adds a nice sheen and really more of a layer of protection. The oil soaks in and uh, protects from the inside, but the the wax is really nice on the outside and keeps that sheen a little bit nicer and helps with the, I mean, it feels nice. Yeah. I, it's super smooth. Yeah. Um, how did you, or do, do they get cut marks at all in them when they you're do. like, when you're cutting on it? Yeah, I won't deny it. They do. Um, the different woods, um, it's kind of a little bit different. So walnut, cherry and maple are the three that I use primarily for cutting boards. Um, cherry tends to be more for serving boards, um, it's a little bit softer. It's going to leave the most knife marks. Okay. It's also the least harmful to your knives. So that's something that also comes into consideration with, depends on the level of cook or chef using the board. Mm-hmm. Um, chefs with much higher end knives aren't going to want to use a really hard board. Um, mm-hmm. So maple is going to be the hardest wood that I use. Um, it's going to leave the least knife marks, but it's going to dull a knife the fastest. Okay. Um, and walnut's kind of a nice in-between uh, and then the end grain boards are better for knives as well, and they're better for the knife marks because the fibers are running up and down. So as the knife enters, they kind of separate and can kind of snap back. Okay. Versus on a long grain board, you're cutting against the fiber. Um, so, I mean, it is, they are going to leave marks. They do. It's, I'm not going to say that. It's a cutting board. <laughs> it's wood. You know, it's meant to be cut on. I mean, um, the cutting boards you buy from the store leave marks, too. Yep. So. Yep. And it's just about maintenance. And uh, all my boards, I do sell the conditioning balm. All my boards do come with some conditioning balm oh, instructions wow. for taking care of the board Okay. to help it look good. And the right. more frequently you condition and do things, the the less there's going to be less knife marks and stuff. But, okay. Uh, so proper maintenance is key. Cool. Uh, but over time, you know... They are going to have marks, and if a customer wants to have it refinished, they can bring it back to me, and I'll refinish it for them. And cool. Um, are you going to get into any other kind of specialty things? I mean, obviously, you said you want to do furniture. Is there anything else you want to do or aspire to do? Um, I don't fur- I mean, furniture is really the big goal. Um, nice, nice furniture. Um, that's, that's as, really as in just like tables or yeah, tables, chairs, you know, the whole, the whole realm credenzas, curios, everything, you know, what is a curio? 
You want like a big cabinet that your TV would be in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. People still have those? People, yes. Um, my, the clientele that I would like to have still have those. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so it is, it's kind of like the, the, the art world, you know, oh, okay. where there's yeah. certain people that appreciate certain things. Right. And yeah. um, I'm trying to step my way into that. Do you find yourself wanting to like do cabinets or anything like that? Or is that kind of a different Yes and no. Um, it's, it is... It's a great thing to do. Um, it's another thing that, you know, could potentially become like the bread and butter, like I was saying, like the cutting boards, you know, that's something that it's, it's always, there's always work in it. Right. There's always cabinet work to be done. Oh, you know, yeah. people are always building homes. People are always renovating homes. There's always cabinet work. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I would possibly want to do, but not necessarily for myself. Um, I think it's a hard business to kind of dive into. And there's yeah. a lot of really large cabinet shops that do really right. nice work. Yeah. Um, so it's something that if someone, if I had a client who I was working on, you know, some other furniture for or something, and it was something that they would want to do, absolutely, I would do do some cabinets. Um, wow. I've done some cabinets for myself. Um, How did they turn out? The first one was not as good as the second one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's trying different techniques and learning different ways. And, right. You know, there's there's ways to throw together cupboards really quick and really structurally efficient, and then there's ways to do it that, Again, there's going to be certain people that appreciate little nuances and things right. that I think I have a, a bit of a perfectionist in me, so I want to strive yeah. to that side of things right? Um, and not do things the easy way. Do you find that it's harder um, as your business grows to, to hit that perfection mark? Yes, um, and it's finding, making compromises. Um, and things where it's like, okay, I can cut this little bit out here because the end user's never really going to know the difference. Right. I yeah. am, but no one else but is. But it doesn't affect the integrity of it the product. Yeah, or it's anything. never going to affect. I'm never going to do something that's going to cut. Uh, I'm never going to cut corners. Right. But I might shave some fine points off here and there. Okay. Um, because it comes to a point where it's like, from a business standpoint, point, I have to accept, you know, this little this a little bit less here to yeah. ensure the sustainability and the viability of the business and the product. Right. Right. So that's, it's learning. And <laughs> it's again, with growing production and growing quantity of things that I need to produce, you know, an extra five minutes on one thing isn't a big deal, but mm -hmm. when it's that extra five minutes on 30 items, right. that adds up really fast. <laughs> right. So it's certain things where it's like cutting out a grit, you know, or in the, in the sanding regimen where, right. you know, I can skip from, you know, 80 right to 120. I can skip the, the hunter grid. You know, I don't have to do that. Yeah, that's one thing I never really, like, got, like, like sanding that mantle upstairs. I'm like, I, I had no idea. I, like, I knew I needed to go from 80 to, like, 220. But I'm like, how long should I? <laughs> yeah, so the general rule of thumb is you never want to jump more than half your current grid. So Sam oh, okay. at 80 grit. I never yeah. want to jump higher than 120 because right. 80 plus 40 is 120. Right. If I'm at a 120, I never want to jump higher than 180. Why not? Um, really, you're going to be trying to do more work than what the paper is designed to do. Oh, okay. Um, so you're trying to cut. As as you go up the grits, the, the, the paper gets finer and finer in the cutting surface. Mm -hmm. 
So say you take an 80 grit, it's really going to open the surface up of the wood. It's going to tear the pores open and it's going to be at that, that coarseness. Then if you try and jump all the way up to a 220, eventually you'll be able to get there, but it's just doing way too much work. You know, right. it's trying to cut a steak with a butter knife, <laughs> you know, it's right. at that point, no, you want to have yeah. the right tool for the job. That so makes sense. as you progress up and you'll notice too, if you actually start and, you know, not cut those grits out it's okay, your first initial grit is going to take the most time, but then if you follow mm -hmm. that succession, the next grits are just going to be a breeze. Right. So. What kind of sanders do you use? you use like a cir uh, circular yeah, sander? Yeah, I have a Bosch orbital sander. Um, okay. Yep. And you do it all by hand. Yep. That's the next I'm currently saving for a drum sander, and that'll be the next big investment for the shop, and that'll be a huge, huge turnaround point. And, uh, I was explaining it to my wife yesterday when <laughs> I went out and did something. It took me about three hours. Uh, and I came in and I said, what I just did, if I had the drum sander, it would have been about 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> uh, and she said, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so that's why I want that you know, $1,800 piece of equipment wow. is to take the next step. Right. But you know, you have to think. It's, it's a weird transition starting to think about things from a business standpoint. And right. Looking at things as an investment, not just a cost. Right. Um, so. Well, it seems to be that you have everything kind of under control. Like, you know, like, like you're not jumping into it full force. I mean, you're slowly taking it in the stages that it's coming, right? Yeah. Um, it's like you're not just going out and buying the most expensive things and, and as no, just because I'm, you're doing it, you're you're wanting to make sure that you're being smart about it and yeah, staying within my means, but getting to the point now where I'm gonna buy once and cry once, uh, <laughs> and you know, sure I can save a little bit of money here, but then in six months I'm gonna be wishing I had spent a little bit more money, right. or there's gonna be some issue with this machine that you know I knew going into it, you know, this is gonna bug me right. down the line, but I'll accept it because it's gonna save me the money here. Right. I'm done with that. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. I've replaced too many things for trying to save a buck. Right. You know, it's not. Yeah. But getting started, I had to do that. There wasn't another option. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking at it as a business. It was a hobby. And, yeah. you know, for a very long period of time, the only money that I put into it was the money from the business. Got to a point where I had to make the decision to start putting some of my own money into it to right. get to that point of being able to actually make some money. Um, but it's, it's a game. So outside of work, um, obviously you spend a lot of time working. Yeah. What, what other hobbies do you have? You have a family, obviously. I do. Um, this year I haven't really had any other hobbies. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. You know, this has been, been my full force. So how work, do you, how do you but... decompress from work? Because as much as you love working for yourself and you know, building things with wood and just kind of being your own boss. And me and my I wife mean, like to do jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> we oh do, my gosh. Yeah, we do jigsaw puzzles. Uh, I actually. That's a good way to sit there and talk. That though. was one of my first quarantine wood projects. Is I built because we've got cats at home, so we can't you know do a table and leave it out. Or right. Do a puzzle and leave it on I the know table. That's the like. cats will be up there, and <laughs> yep. then you know, you get down the road, and I swear I had that red piece. Where'd that red piece go? <laughs> Um, and it so causes I, a fight. Yeah. <laughs> I built a, a box that sits atop our coffee table that just kind of folds open and okay. has some panels and we do the puzzle and then it can get shut when the cats, you know, right. want to get up there. 
So, but yeah, that's one of our, that's one of our hobbies is. Do you guys uh, do date night or anything to kind of get away? We like to turn pretty much anything into a date night or date days, we like to call them. So days that, you know, it's just running errands and doing stupid stuff that you have to do. Right. It's like add some little something into that and turn it into a date day. Yeah. You know, go get a cup of coffee from that little shop or, you know, stop in that random little place while we're out running about doing what we need to get done and try and, you know, lighten it up a little bit and go out to dinner and, you know, anything can be a date if you look at it that way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. We're I'm I'm a big music guy. Uh, okay. So what kind of music do you like? I like all music. You know, and I, it's <laughs> everything. I, everything. Everything. I listen to country music, classical music, electronic music, okay. metal music. You know, top to bottom, I pretty much listen to anything. So, uh, big, big into concerts and stuff. The last you know couple of years has not been so much for that because <laughs> no, this no, pandemic of ours. Um, we garden a lot. We've got, you know, we've got a plot of community garden by our house. Oh, um, cool. We've got our garden at home. Um, we do that. Hang out with friends, you know, when we can. Right, uh, right. But, yeah, I think uh, that's that's our, God, it sounds so, we sound like old people. <laughs> we do puzzles and read. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's but, hilarious. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Um yeah, I mean that's definitely cool. You guys, you're still able to find time for each other, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of your your busy schedule. I yeah, I can imagine it's probably stressful, you know, like as much as you like doing it, or it it's got to be a job, right? Yeah, and I had to start looking at it as a job, and able to do it productively. When I wasn't looking at it as a job, it uh, was a lot easier to say, hey, I'll do that tomorrow. Right. But now I have to look and actually say, well, if I do that tomorrow, then I tomorrow I can't do this. And then the day after that, I can't do that. And then I'm not going to meet that deadline or I'm not going to have this ready for that show. And it's just can't afford that right now. You right. know, right now it's that time when it's that building it's, stage. Yeah, it's grinding. It's, yeah. it's grinding. It's 60, 70 hours a week, but it is what it is. And I'm happier than I was, you know, working 40 hours a week for someone else. I, so. I could imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of stress, right? Yeah, because uh, I have to, you know, the money's got to come in to pay the bills. Before yeah. I knew that the paycheck came, you know. Right. Now I don't I don't write myself a paycheck. It's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's whatever you make. Yeah. So that's that's different. And, you know, learning learning the seasonal swings of things and. Knowing. That's got to be difficult. Yeah. And right now, you know, I have a lot of projects on the table that I'm, like, getting started on and working on. So in, you know, six weeks, I'm going to have a bunch of money come in. But right. then, you know, I'm going to have to plan after that. So it's yeah. it's just a different mentality and learning how to budget a little bit better and differently and, right. and approach things differently. Um, yeah, it's definitely a different stress. Uh I don't sleep sometimes, you know, because oh there's, I mean, it's just, you're always running through, you know, what, what I got to get done, what could go wrong, what if this person right. doesn't do what they're supposed to do, you know, what if, you know, there's an equipment malfunction, I have a laser engraver, I do customization of things, and oh, I had cool. an issue with that for a couple of weeks where I, I couldn't figure it out, you know, there was some technical difficulty with it, and got to a point where finally I had to... You know, I'd sit down for a couple hours here, and I, you know, can't get this figured out, Now I'll deal with it. And I got to the point where I, I had to deal with it, you know, jobs right. were lying on it, customers were expecting oh, product. Man. and So um, what kind of things do you engrave? Just anything? 
Yeah, so generally it's names, names and dates. A lot, okay. of, uh, a lot of my boards are sold as gifts. You know, people come and they're going to a wedding, they're going to a birthday, a housewarming, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so monograms, names, dates. Uh, we have a, a piece of wood hanging upstairs. I'm sure you'll see it when we go up. It's uh, from our wedding. And it, instead of having like a guest book, it was uh, like a sheet, like a piece of wood. And I can't remember what it says, but it has our names and stuff on it. And I'm assuming it's the same kind of concept. And yeah. people just sign that. Yeah, it's actually for our wedding I made. Uh, our guest book was something similar, and it was really? a live-edge piece of cherry with oh, cool engraving on it and our names, and everyone signed with Sharpie, and it turned out pretty cool. Cool. How long have you guys been married? We got married in May. So oh, wow. May 22nd. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How, you guys enjoying it? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's again. It's been a it's been a busy year, <laughs> so we are enjoying it. It's kind of every once in a while I go, oh, it's already been that long. Uh, uh, yep. so, you know, it, it came and went. Um, but we'll when things slow down a little bit more, we'll get to enjoy it a little bit more. Oh yeah. You know, but she's she's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well, man. And I really like your work. It, like I said, I love your Instagram. I Every time you post something, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Or especially if it's a video. I'm yeah. like, I got to watch what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and that's what people are interested by process. You know, again, it's it's human nature. You want to know how things work. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Especially people who, like, like I mean, I, I don't want to do what you're doing, but I find it interesting what you're doing because mm-hmm. I like to do things with wood, too. So, like, learning how you do things, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I guess now I could, I could make that if I wanted, yeah, you know. Yeah, but... but techniques like i was saying earlier techniques you know they're relevant here and they're relevant here right so it's yep. you know it's like oh well that's how he did that you know but if i take that and put it into this situation it'll do the same thing right so yeah yeah that's cool um well thanks for doing this yeah, is absolutely. there anything else you want to talk about promote while you're on here uh yeah actually December. well i don't know when this is going to be airing I uh i don't know exactly either yeah. well maybe <laughs> um yeah. uh, Soon. december 3rd Soon. and 4th uh I'm doing the MSU art show at, oh, cool. the, at the MSU Union. It's the UAB art show. So okay, that'll be cool. It's December 3rd and 4th. Um, and then, yeah, with the holiday market, we're still going strong. We'll, we're going until uh, Christmas at Meridian Market. So Saturdays from 10 to 2 at the Meridian Mall, behind the Meridian Mall. Okay. So I thought they're still going. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So we go all the way through the week before Christmas. You got a tent you're gonna set up and yep, with got the sides. tent and we'll be pulling the heater out pretty okay, soon. And <laughs> yep. Yep. So Um and you have a website as well. Yep. It's rporiginalworks.com. Okay. And Instagram. Instagram's where I'm the most active on social media okay. and that's at RP Original Works. Okay. And Facebook the same thing, at RP Original Works. Okay. Awesome. And if somebody wants to place an order or any yeah, kind of customization. Email, um, yep. Email rporiginalworks at gmail.com. That's my main form of communication. Uh, I haven't, you know, dedicated to a, a work phone yet. That's, that's <laughs> a cost I can't quite justify. No, I, uh, I hear you. But uh, email email's the best way to get a hold of me. Or you can go on my website and there's a contact form on the website and get a hold of me there as well. Okay. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.